Hello, I'm Dr. Ling Huang. In this episode, I will discuss about our pulmonary defense mechanisms. Our lungs are remarkable organs. They can inhale 11,000 liters of air each day, and they help to deliver oxygen to tissues and organs throughout our body and removes carbon dioxide. This air contains small particles such as dust, smoke, dirt, pollen, and aerosols that our lungs must tolerate. We also breathe in viruses, bacteria, and other pathogens that could be harmful for our body. Therefore, our lungs must also provide protection to these foreign matter. Proper lung function is essential to keep us alive and in good health. This is maintained by our pulmonary defense mechanisms. And just like our immune system, our pulmonary defense system consists of several lines of defense. The respiratory tract can be divided into two compartments. The airways are from the nose to the bronchial, and the air sacs at the end of the bronchial tubes are called alveoli. The airways are protected by the mucus and cilia that acts as a mucociliary escalator that moves foreign particles up and out of the respiratory tract. It is also protected by antimicrobial peptides, neutrophils, and other inflammatory cells. Antimicrobial peptides such as lactoferrin, lysozyme, and defensins kill bacteria by breaking apart the cell membrane. Lactoferrin can also bind to iron, starving the bacteria of iron for growth. And only very small particles, less than 5 micrometers, such as viruses and bacteria, enter to the alveoli. Once entering the alveoli, the pathogens encounter another protective mechanism that is the surfactant. The surfactant consists of SPA and SPD lipoproteins that are produced by type 2 alveoli and secreted to line the lung epithelium. These surfactant proteins protect the lungs by binding onto the sugars on the pathogen surface to opsonize them. This then marks them for phagocytosis by alveolar macrophages and neutrophils. Alveolar macrophages are the most abundant immune cells in the healthy lung. They are airway scavengers that can eat up inhaled particles, pollutants and allergens, as well as kill airborne microbes. They also help to maintain the surfactant by catabolizing surfactant proteins. Smoking cigarettes causes an increase in macrophages and neutrophils. These macrophages then become filled with tar and silicates, and the neutrophils become activated, releasing high concentration of neutrophil elastase. Neutrophil elastase is a protease enzyme that breaks down the elastin and degrades the elasticity of the lung. It increases inflammation and eventually destroying lung tissues. Smoking cigarettes is also especially harmful for people with alpha-1 antitrypsin deficiency. Alpha-1 antitrypsin, or A180, is a protein that inhibits the protease activity from enzymes of inflammatory cells, especially neutrophil elastase. And people with deficient A180 develop COPD and liver disease as it cannot be properly secreted to the lungs and accumulates in the liver. Complement proteins are also usually synthesized in the liver. Just to recap, 
the complement system in the classical pathway, antigen-antibody complexes, which are recognized by the C1 protein, and activates the complement cascade to form C3A and C5A proteins that enhances inflammation, and C3B opsonizes pathogens for phagocytosis, and as well forming the membrane attack complex with C5 to C9 to kill bacteria. However, when certain inflammatory cytokines are released, such as through smoking or lung infection, alveolar macrophages can also synthesize complement proteins. And when the complement proteins attract more neutrophils, this then induces the release of neutrophil elastase. This can then cause further inflammation and lung damage, which results in asthma, COPD, ARDS, or acute respiratory distress syndrome, and as well as pneumonia. And when there is repeated injuries, or even from smoking, B cells and T cells then start to accumulate in our bronchial-associated lipoid tissues, called BALT. Now, BALT is part of MALT, which is our mucosa-associated lymphoid tissues that includes our lung, eyes, gut, skin, and genitals. But unlike our gut, BALT does not form structures in healthy lungs, but instead develops into bronchial follicles in response to persistent injuries or infection. And this can result in an accumulation of B cells that are surrounded by T cells. And when the antigens are transported to these follicles, they stimulate B and T cells, which are then carried to the lymphatic system. In an if acute infection, such as influenza or bacterial pneumonia, dendritic cells phagocytose the pathogen, migrate to the lymphoid tissues, and present the antigens to CD4 cells via MHC class II proteins. The CD4 cells can then differentiate to helper T cells, which can then activate macrophages and B cells. The B cells then differentiate to plasma B cells and memory B cells. Plasma B cells then produce IgA antibodies to neutralize the virus via opsonization and phagocytosis. Memory B cells, on the other hand, can remember the antigen so that it can mount a stronger and faster response the next time the same uh, pathogen infects again. And when cytotoxic T cells encounter lung tissues that have been infected, they will directly kill the cells and produce cytokines to induce inflammations. In patients with COPD or CF, which is cystic fibrosis, because their lung epithelial cells are deficient in transporting chloride ions across their cell membranes, their deficient mucosal layer is unable to effectively remove bacteria. This can then lead to chronic T-cell activation and persistent inflammation, and eventually lead to lung damage. Now, I have so far discussed about the different mechanisms of pulmonary defenses using antimicrobial peptides, surfactant, and alpha-1 antitrypsin, and as well the immune cells that include alveoli macrophages, T-cells, and B-cells. All of these immune and defenses work together to help maintain healthy lungs.